This is the Illuminate Podcast, a Sandy Boy production. Each week on the Illuminate Podcast, the hosts will bring you insightful conversations and stories of people who are illuminating their own lives through their business, work, community, family, and world. Hello and welcome to the Illuminate Podcast. I'm your host, Emma Benner, and today I'm sharing episode 64 with Yuri Williams. Yuri is the founder of the nonprofit organization, A Future Superhero and Friends. He started the nonprofit after his mom passed away from cancer in 2009. And in this episode, he shares all about what his mom taught him and the kind, compassionate, and giving traits that she passed on to him. His nonprofit is really unique because it isn't just tied to helping one group or community. He really strives to make an impact on the lives of many. This includes the elderly, children, veterans, individuals experiencing homelessness, kids in hospitals, individuals with disabilities, and so many more. Within his nonprofit, he has put together so many cool projects and events, including blood drives, movie nights, toy drives, feeding and clothing the homeless, And he even has visited all 50 states while doing a good deed in each state along the way. Yuri is one of those people that gives everything he has, time, money, resources, and so much more to help others and make this world a better place. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Yuri and leave the conversation ready to do your own acts of kindness in your community as well. All right, today on the podcast, I am chatting with Yuri Williams. Yuri, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you have a really special story about how you lost your mother to cancer and came away from that with the idea of starting this new adventure, which has turned into your nonprofit, which is a a future superhero and friends. Yes, yes, that's it, that's it. Yeah, so it, it seems like all of this kind of stemmed from your mom and the kindness, empathy, and loving nature that she instilled in you. Going all the way back, what was your childhood like growing up with her? Uh, it was fun because uh, I used to go to work with her. She used to be a correction officer and went on to become a probation officer. So I kind of, uh, you know, took a sponge and whatever she did, I would suck it all in and, you know, just end up following her footsteps. And I'm a correction officer in a mental health unit for 20 years now. Very cool. Um, Then in 2009, you lost your mom to cancer. And I do want to pause here just to say how sorry I am for the loss of your mother. And especially at such a young age, that must have been pretty life changing and hard on you. Yeah, I mean, it was like a five year period of uh, depression. I've never Mm. been depressed in my life. I never knew what it was. I've seen people depressed, but, you know, actually feeling it for five years and just holding it in. And, you know, eventually I just said, I can't, you know, live life like this. And that's how I decided that I needed to do something. And I used the the tools that she taught me uh, that was given. And I've been doing that every day since then. Mm -hmm. 
What are some of those values that she instilled in you that you hope to carry on in your own life today? Um, just to show people love and compassion. Um, number one thing with her was uh, respect and not always uh, assuming just by looking at somebody you can read them, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, she would just tell me, you know, you see these people out here are starving and homeless that that doesn't mean they're alcoholic or drug addict. You know, a lot of these people assume that just because you're homeless, you're a drug addict or whatnot. But I mean, with this COVID going on, you know, some people will become homeless because of that. So you can't just make assumptions with people all the time. Good point. Yeah, I just did an interview with Blue Robinson, who's the founder of Addict to Athlete. And he really spoke about that too, just how a lot of times people like to label people who are um, struggling with addiction as addicts. And that's not that's not all they are. You know, they have a lot more to their life than just that. And that's right. the same with people that are homeless. And really, any, anyone in any walk of life has a lot more to them and a lot more going on than just what you see. Right. That's true. So true. So did you feel that throwing yourself into helping others was kind of a big way to help you cope with the loss of your mother and find really a greater purpose and to pull yourself out of that depression? Yes. I mean, um, I don't, to be honest, if my mom was here today, I don't think I would be as giving and caring and loving as I am. I mean, I probably would be, but not to the extent of what I'm doing it to now, you know, and it takes, sometimes it takes death or something to happen or trauma or something for you to realize or find your purpose. And, you know, her passing was, I was able to find my purpose. Before you lost her, were you doing any type of the work that you do now? Oh, uh, yes. I was always uh, a magnet to uh, homeless people because um, <clears throat> I remember my neighbor was homeless and I was probably about eight years old. And I'll f- never forget my mom uh, gave him $20. And I think it was her probably her last $20. We had just went grocery shopping. But, you know, she was going to get paid, you know, that Friday, I believe. But she just told me, just imagine being out here. And not knowing what's going to happen, at least, you know, he has something to eat. And later on, I guess him and his uh, wife or whatever, they worked it out and she took him back in or whatnot. But that was my first time experiencing seeing a, a homeless person. And is that moment kind of what drew you to helping homeless people specifically? Yeah, yeah. I would say that, that, that moment in general probably was because I was able to relate and see, you know, at a young age what, you know, homelessness is, you know, now in L.A., uh, I've been to all 50 states and we have the worst crisis going on right here, you know, of homeless people. And it's just getting higher and higher with this COVID and it's going to get worse and worse. Mm, yeah. So you have it right, right in your backyard, help being right. able to help. Yeah. Right. So you lost your mom and then you kind of started visiting kids with cancer in the hospital and homeless people while you were in a Spider-Man costume. Talk about yeah. that a little bit. <laughs> It's always funny because um, as a kid, I always loved Spider-Man, and I believe I got my first Spider-Man toy from her job. Um, you know, she worked at a jail, and parents would come visit their kids and bring toys, and you weren't allowed to have toys there. So, you know, every time somebody would bring a toy, they would either have to throw it away or, you know, I would end up taking it, and I took it. And a lot of the times, the toys were different Spider-Man, and I just got attracted to Spider-Man because... Um, he was a superhero and he wore a costume and he did kind acts and help people. And you never knew who he was until, you know, he took the mask off. And that's how I feel. I feel like a superhero and I like to wear that costume and just bring people joy. 
So were you doing that right after your mom passed or did it take a while after? Um, I would say probably like a year after uh, I just sat down and, you know, the first day of work when I went back to work, I usually called her every morning to wake her up to get her morning started, which I start at six in the morning. So I called her about five thirty, let her know, you know, it's time for you to get up and do what you're going to do, you know. And that day when I returned to work, you know, I called her and she wasn't here anymore. Mm-hmm. and it just tore me up and I sat in the car for probably about an hour and I didn't have a Facebook account at the time and I was just like I gotta get myself together I called my job and told him I'll be late about an hour so I could just get my mind right for the for the 16 hour shift that I had and um it was it just crazy that uh, I went on Facebook and I created an account and the first person that popped up was uh officer Tommy Norman which I have uh, built a relationship with and a good friendship brothership with this man and uh, what he does is he's a police officer in North Little Rock. He polices his um, community during, you know, while on his shift. And when he's off, he goes still around the neighborhood and looks out for the community. I just thought to myself, I'm like, dang, you know, I, I do that as well. I'm a peace officer as well. And then the next person I popped up was uh, Strider, which he's a uh, he's, he dresses up as a red stormtrooper. And I, I love Star Wars, too. So that's when I decided to uh, put... Tommy Norman and Strider together and and myself and then a future superhero became you know and I just thought of different ways to wear that costume and just uplift people and wearing that costume is somewhat of uh, the distraction to like homeless people or children because uh it just brings you back to your childhood you know and if I'm wearing that suit and I see a homeless person you know they laugh and that's when I got your attention and you know it's a distraction for me to you know dig in to see how I can help you. Yeah, and I bet people kind of want to go on a deeper level, talk talk about more things than they would if they were looking someone directly in the eyes. Maybe does the costume kind of give you a little leeway into talking, getting deeper into people's stories? Right, that's exactly what it does. And I mean, there's a lot of times that I've worn that costume and, you know, I've seen people cry and just break down and I don't think they would have done that had I not had the costume on. Okay, so then in 2017, your nonprofit was officially established. Yes. What made you decide to start the nonprofit rather than keep doing this independently? Um, it was getting to the point where um, these costumes that I was purchasing were, uh, they're like screen accurate um, costumes. It's not like your Toys R Us Target type costumes, you know, and it was getting pretty pricey and I was like, uh, you know, if I want to continue this, I'm going to have to, um, you know, ask for help. And, you know, I always hated asking people for help, but it was just to the point where I couldn't afford uh, $4,500 every, you know, three Mm -hmm. months or so because I could possibly become homeless myself. You know, I was given so much to a point one time that, you know, I had to check my account and be like, man, you got to you got to stop because it was just it's just fulfilling, you know, that I love to see people's reaction. I just walk up to him and say, hey, how you doing? You know, I just, you need anything? Can I help you out? And just to sit there for 30 minutes and have these people talk to you, you know, and I build so many relationships with people, homeless people on the streets. Even there, there's a man that lives in my neighborhood. He's 73 years old and he's the nicest guy you, you would ever meet. All he wanted to do was just clean up the neighborhood around him and you know, I said, well, if you're going to do that, then, you know, I'm going to look out for you. And I've been trying to helping him every every week ever since I met him. Hmm. So I know now in your nonprofit, you do a lot of um, like backpack giveaways and 
different type type of things to help people experiencing homelessness and children in hospitals. And you do a lot of fundraising for that sort of thing. But during that time frame of, say, 2010 to 2017, when your nonprofit was started, were you doing that sort of things? Or during that time, were you kind of just visiting children in hospitals and homeless people on the streets and kind of just giving them a friendship? Yeah, I mean, I was still out there doing it, um, not as to the level as I have been, you know, but I was still out there, you know, buying uh, the homeless food and hygiene products. And I would still go speak to, you know, high schools and stuff like that, but not to the level of that I'm at now, you know. So what went into naming the nonprofit? I just think naming things is one of the hardest things for me. It's so hard to come up with something creative, catchy, and that just sounds good, I guess. So how did you choose the name of Future Superhero? Um, I was at work one day and, you know, I just like to jot stuff down of uh, missions. I call them missions. And I put that down. I needed to write the title of my nonprofit. And um, I asked my coworker, what do you think is a good name? She's like, uh, you you act like a superhero. You're always trying to save us at work. And I was like, that's a good one. And so I wrote down superhero. And then, you know, I got home and I, my mind is always wandering. So I said, uh, how about a future superhero? And I said to myself, when I pass away, you know, another future superhero will be born or is already born. So, and then, you know, I have friends. So I was like a future superhero and friends. And that was it. Do you have other people helping you with the organization? So do you have a a board of people or different volunteers that help you? Yes, we have a board and also um, volunteers as well. So some of the main focus areas that you list are animals, childhood cancer, disabilities, homeless, seniors, and many more. What would you say is your kind of area of passion? Like what focus area do you love helping the most? That's hard because uh, I just say I like octopus hands. I just like to have my hands all over the place and, and not forget anybody that's why i've chose to do so many different things but you know children are probably uh the the number one focus small children because uh, they are the future you know and i just try to install love and compassion into these children and you know show them that you know there is somebody out there that cares so when they become older they can just keep recycling that love and compassion to other people as well yeah i think that's what's so interesting about your nonprofit is a lot of times a nonprofit will focus specifically on childhood cancer or specifically on individuals with disabilities or animals or whatever their focus is. But then looking at yours, you do have your hands into everything. And it's really unique for a nonprofit to do that. Is Do you think that makes you face a challenge with like fundraising or, um, you know, getting volunteers or things like that just because it's not like someone comes with a specific passion. They they kind of have to be open to everything. Right. Um, I do have a hard time sometimes with the grants because they do look at that. And, you know, I have to tell them that, you know, I chose to take on every aspect and every culture, every everything, because, you know, there's not just one uh, department that's hurting. There's a lot of people that are hurting and in need, you know, and if if you decide not to give me this grant because I'm not just serving the homeless only, then, you know, that's fine. But I just keep knocking and knocking and, you know, the doors have been opening for me. You know, I've had a lot of doors shut, but the people don't understand what type of work I do. They never look at the website. They never, you know, go on the Instagram page and see how much I've done by myself. I've done a lot more than 
a lot of people. I'm not bragging or boasting, but I mean, I've have done a lot more than a lot of people that have done things that get rewarded. Yeah, how are you getting some of your funds? Uh, I mean, just fundraising, and people see and believe in what I do. I've been doing this so long with before the nonprofit, so you know you can go back to the beginning of my first post on Instagram and see where I became with nothing, you know, and I was out there sending packages to uh, Officer Norman out of my own pocket. You know, I used to work crazy overtime shifts, probably I say an extra forty to sixty hours every two weeks on top of forty hours just to do what I you to do people never knew that until now and I will continue to do if I have to get a second job or whatever to keep the nonprofit going because I always tell people it's not about me getting the shine and all that it's about helping other people so somebody else can see it and they can they do it and then somebody else see it and they do it you know what are some of the projects and programs that you put on for in in your nonprofit we have a uh, art program uh, my art program coordinator, Juan Carlos, he's a uh, graphic artist. He's been doing that for 20 years. And I've always loved music and art, but I could never draw. You know, stick figures was probably the, the highest of, <laughs> of level I could do, you know. But with him, I'm able to uh, provide an art program with these children. And hopefully uh, in the near future or soon, we can get a building where we can have after school programs to teach these children about art and how they can possibly become graphic artists and get jobs, you know. And can you talk about, you have some upcoming events that you're putting on, such as that backpack drive, I believe I saw. Yes. What, what's that all about? That backpack drive is specifically for um, children with special needs and uh, disabilities. Um, I felt that a lot of, of these drives, they don't cater to uh, that community. So I said, you know, it's time that I need to uh, cater and give back to these communities because a lot of these children um, with autism and um, some children are blind or whatnot, and they are affected by different sounds. And I just want to make it convenient and, and caring and just show everybody that I'm here to cater to this community as well as any other community. And we also have a following week, we'll be giving away uh, steam bags, which is um, science, technology, engineering, art, and math. It will be a bag full of um, different items pertaining to all of those subjects. And also there'll be a big art material in there, such as a canvas, paints, paintbrushes, and, and other items so they can create their own masterpieces. Do you have any stats of how many backpacks you've collected to give away? Yeah, uh, so far we have 409. And, wow. Uh, we have 400. And 400 people uh, confirmed to come out already. So Wow, awesome. You'll have to buy some more backpacks, possibly. Yeah, where are you collecting these from? Is a certain business sponsoring you? No, nobody's sponsoring us. We just went out. Uh, we have an Amazon wish list where some people have sent uh, backpacks. Um, I had to purchase these backpacks uh, on my own. So you really are putting a lot of your own money into this nonprofit. Yeah, I mean, people... I think a lot of people think just because uh, when you start a nonprofit that, you know, everybody's going to run to you and you're going to be able to get these funds. But it's, it's it's not like that. And, you know, I apply for grants left and right. I've been denied probably about 30 grants this year, but I don't let that bother me. And there's a lot of times that people are going to tell me no, but you, you've seen you've seen the work that I do and I love doing it. So I can't let anybody stop me. Mm -hmm. Wow. I'm just so inspired by the giving nature that you have to really throw all your money towards other people and not just your money, but your time and your energy and just you're giving so much to so many people 
in your area and really across the country. Yeah. I mean, you know, I've come from uh, from South Central L.A. and a lot of my friends, you know, we weren't supposed to make it past 18. I'm 43 years old. And this is the way that I pay back my rent here on Earth is just to give back. And there's nothing greater than, you know, inspiring others to do something positive. And that's what I want to do for the rest of my life. What? So what are you doing for work outside of the nonprofit again? Uh, correctional officer for probation department for 20 years now. Oh, really? Very yeah. Cool. What, what got you interested in doing that? Yeah, I mean, you know, like I said, going to work with my mom, um, I actually got to work side by side with her when I was a student worker. And, you know, I used to write up reports and see that side of, of the probation field as well. And, you know, I just decided that I would rather stay um, correction officer than probation officer to be able to talk to these kids every single day. You know, and I work in a mental health unit and this um, prepares me kind of to uh, deal with the mental issues that are going on on the streets. You know, I can mm -hmm. use what I do every day and hopefully use some of those tools that I have on the people that I see on the street as well. What age range are you working with? Uh, anywhere from eight years old to 20 plus. What are their backgrounds that bring them to you? Uh, I mean, just like low income families, um, gang environment, uh, drugs, parents be on, being on drugs and, you know, just the different elements of such like that. Yeah. Wow. Another area that you're really impacting people yeah. and helping change lives in, in your everyday work as well. Yeah. Do you ever see the nonprofit being kind of full time and that you maybe you're maybe not even making money doing that, but you're able to um, be in a stable place where you can put more full time energy into running your nonprofit? Yeah, that's that's my goal. And I have uh, five more years unless I win the lottery tomorrow or so. But <laughs> that is my main goal is to just focus on um, getting a building for uh, after school programs to for ah. these kids to use computers. And, you know, this art is uh, and music and different type of things that these kids like and just encourage them to keep going after their dreams. I love that. So you've traveled to all 50 states twice. Yes. Wow. Yes. What kind of inspired you to do that? You know, again, I was on Instagram and uh, a good friend of mine, he's my brother now, uh, Rodney Smith Jr. I saw him mowing lawns. He mows lawns every single day for single mothers, veterans, um, disabled and low income families. And this is his everyday job. And we have the similar, the same heart. Uh, talk to him like every day, almost every other, every other day or so. But just seeing what he does and what I do, you know, I just said, it's all right if I roll with you one of these trips or whatever. And he was like, man, come on. That first trip we went, it was like the most, I just felt like a kid again, like, you know, waiting for Christmas and, you know, the, the different people that you see, you know, while he was out there mowing, you know, I'm going to visit a um, an ill child or, you know, we'll visit the hospital. And I'm like, dang, I can do this every day, you know, and I see why he does that every day. And this last trip, we went on a Christmas tour where, you know, we saw homeless people and we visited ill children again. And, you know, we're going through snow, we're going through rain, we're just going through all types of weather and got to see first time I never saw snow, you know, and I just I just felt like a kid again, you know, and I'm yeah. in one of my videos, I'm throwing snow in the air and it just it just brings back the, the, the joy of being a kid. But while we're out there, we're seeing um, homeless veterans, we're seeing uh, people that used to have jobs and lawyers, doctors and whatnot. What, what and uh, what really got me is recently. Um, there's a gentleman that we helped in West Virginia. He's a veteran. He's, he was an alcoholic and somebody saw this video and I guess he got hold to his sister and somehow, you know, they were able to get him help and now he's about, um, 
sober is well, sober. I, I don't know how many months, but they so they showed us a picture of when we took the picture with him till now, and he looks totally different person. Yeah. Wow. So this friend of yours was mowing lawns around the country or just in yes. the area? Oh, okay. yes, so he no, was traveling yeah. around and doing that. Yes, he's done it uh, eight times already, yeah. Oh, really? How does he yeah. choose, like, how does he find the people state to state? Well, um, you know, Instagram and social media now is so easy to, you know, he just puts it out there. I'm coming, doing a 50-state tour. I'm headed your way. And people reach out to other people and, you know, he just contacts you and, you know, he mows, he'll come out and mow your lawn. So were you mowing too, or you were doing more other no, type I, of work? No, I, I was doing something else. That mower is too, I don't know how he does that, but it's, it's too heavy for me to be pushing like that. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you were doing your typical work of visiting hospitals and yeah. homeless people. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. Interesting. What was the favorite place that you went? Oh, man, I got a few. Um, I love Boston. I'm a Red Sox fan. Uh, okay. I love Boston, uh, New Mexico, Utah. I love Denver. Denver's probably number one. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, did you do yeah. a lot of like traveling around too while you were there? No, nah, I mean, we got, you know, we did our thing and the last trip we we did it in 26 days. So, you know, we were in and out. We were doing the mission and going to sleep. I mean, we barely got any sleep. We But <laughs> there was a couple of times we went to a hotel just to shower and then, you know, we were right back on the road again, you know. You did 50 states in 26 days? 26 days, yes. No way. Yes. All driving? All driving, driving. across? Wow. Except, you know, Alaska and Hawaii, we had to fly over. Right, right. Yeah. Wow. It was fun, though. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm from Minnesota. I got to hear, what'd you do in Minnesota? Uh, I think that last day, I just went to sleep. I wanted to go to Prince's house, but, you know, I didn't didn't get a chance to go over there. So, were you doing um, kind of your nonprofit work in each state, or some of them you were just driving through? Yeah, no, we did. We did each state. Okay. Wow. Very cool. Yeah. That's fun. So then what's next? What do you see next in the in this next steps of the nonprofit? Um I like I said the the my main focus is to uh get that building for the after school uh program and workshops to 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 do more. You know, I need mm-hmm. um I need this this building to store food for the homeless because my um storage, I, you know, I can't store food in there. I only have like hygiene items in that storage and i mean it's it's over flooded right now and i just went there yesterday and i opened it i'm like i gotta get some of this stuff out of here so you know i plan this week to you know make a bunch of hygiene kits and and stuff and try to knock down all those items that i have in there are you sleeping or do you just work constantly (laughs) Uh, i I say i sleep probably all i need is a good four hours of sleep okay and you know people say it's bad for me but i just that's my body, and I know my body, and uh-huh. <clears throat> I'm capable of, uh, you know, doing a 16-hour shift three days in a row. All I need is four, four hours of sleep, and I'm good to go. Wow. It just it just seems like with your daily job and then doing this nonprofit work, it seems like you're go, go, go nonstop. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I am. You know, I'm, my mind is wandering just, like, every day, like, what can yeah. I do what can I do tomorrow? Like, mm-hmm. you know, my my buddy Carlos, he's always like, man, you need to slow down. You just <laughs> not stop, man. You not stop. I'm like, that's that's just how I'm driven, man. You know? Right. Yeah. If you love it, it's worth it. Yeah. Where do you see yourself in say five years with it? Uh, I mean, there's still more dreams and goals. Like, um, I want to travel to seven continents too, mm. and um, and help people and in, in different uh, countries, you know, and just just show everybody everywhere that 
this is what we should be all doing, you know, not 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 just watching TV all the time and going to these sporting events and spending our money on stuff that we can't get back, you know, like uplifting people is probably very mo- one of the most important things that we all should be doing in life, you know, regardless of mm-hmm. how much money you make or not, you know, all you can do is hold a door open for somebody. That's 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 helping somebody. People think everything is monetary and money-wise and it's not. I just want to be able to be comfortable whereas I can help as many people as I can. I know I can't save the world, but I'm going to still try my hardest too. Did you do anything specific to COVID when all the shutdowns happen or throughout the whole thing? Yeah, you know, um, somebody had to step up and I decided that, you know, I needed to be the person. And Easter was around that time when, you know, it was really in effect. And Easter was really big for me coming up as a kid, doing that Easter egg hunt and this and that. And I just thought of ways that something that I could do. And, you know, I said, well, I got 165 bags made of Easter coloring books and stuff like that. And I went to 160 different homes and delivered these um, these bags to the children and just to just to get their mind off of this COVID and stuff like that, you know. And I went on to next door and uh, asked people if they needed help. I delivered groceries for people, oh, uh, the elderly. There was one child, her, her mom had just lost her job, and she needs, she takes 20 different medications. And I think it was about three to $600 for these meds. And, you know, she texts me and she's like, if you can't afford it, then I understand. And, you know, I talked to her. And I told her I was going to get it. And she's like, are you sure? I know that's a lot. I was like, don't worry about it. So, you know, I went to her home and I delivered her $300 for groceries and I gave her $300 for meds and she just broke down. It's crazy what social media can do, too, that you can find these people Yeah. through that. I mean, you talk about just even the Nextdoor app is so cool how it can connect a community and you can find out what your neighbor is in need of. Right, right. And, you know... I've talked to a couple of friends and I told them, you know, this is what I'm doing. I posted it on Instagram and, you know, that's when people would reach out and send donations for me to go help these people. What kind of problems do you see going forward that have arisen because of COVID that you kind of want to tackle? Um, it's kind of hard to do the things we used to do. Like I can't visit the hospital, but I did donate um, 300 toys to uh, the hospital in, in Long Beach. Uh, I know I can't visit people at their homes because of this, but, you know, I've took to uh, FaceTiming children. Uh, I just find different ways that I can still do my thing. You know, like the steam bags, we're we're not going to be able to uh, physically handshake or do anything like that. But I will be able to be there with Deadpool Ross and, uh, you know, mm-hmm. place the place the uh, steam bag on the, the porch and wave at the kids. You know, yeah. I still you know, just have to think of other ways to, uh, you know, go around this. And, you know, I can't pull up and at the park and do the events like we used to do, like the coloring stations and all that stuff because of this. But I am going to try to uh, do that again, but we'll have to make reservations, whereas only two or three kids will be able to come out and color. But I mean, I just want to get people out the house, stop uh, just watching TV and watching this negativity all day. What are the coloring stations? Yeah, the art coordinator, what he does, he'll bring out a um, print, a um, canvas bag, and, you know, the kids can color on the bag, or, you know, we have coloring uh, art sheets where we'll make up of the city, and the kids can color on, they can press down and put the uh, the paint on top of their bag and color it and do whatever they want. Very cool. You have so many different programs and projects and events that you put on. It just seems like it's endless. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I try to do as much as I can so we can cater to everyone. 
How do you come up with the ideas? Like I said, my, uh, maybe when I pass away, they can uh, study my brain and see what's going on because <laughs> I'm, I'm always thinking of something. Be, you know, it really happens when I, before I go to sleep. I just think of stuff, uh, uh-huh. you know, the upcoming things to do, and then I just store it in my head and come up with it. So I just love your organization and everything that you do. Thank you. All right. And for the end of the podcast questions, what is one book that you've read recently or that you love the most? <sighs> Jeez Louise. <laughs> Or maybe it's a children's book that you like giving to kids or anything of that sort. I cannot think of the name of this book, and I just uh, bought it. Um, goodness gracious, it's a kid's, uh, like a kid's book. I can't, I, can't, I can't think of the name of it right now, and I just looked at it yesterday when I was in my storage. It's like a, um, it's like a child, uh, he's, a, he's a kid, but uh, he, go, he, come, he becomes a superhero. Okay. I just can't think of the name of it. But it's a good little book for kids to have so they can you know, learn how to become a superhero. Yeah, you'll have to send me the name and then I'll put it in the show notes for everyone to see. Okay, okay. Um, Who is someone or what is something in your life that is illuminating or inspiring you? I think uh, my friend, my brother, Rodney Smith Jr., like inspires me to keep going because uh, I talk to him every day and, you know, we bounce ideas off of each other and I needed I needed somebody like this in my life because uh you know I would hit brick walls and you know I would get mad and frustrated but now it seems you know I could talk to him and you know he's telling me don't worry about it it's going to come through and you know it, and it always does you know and he's helped me out a lot too through the storm you know and I really think that uh I, I really think if like I say if I hadn't lost my mother I don't know if I would I would even be doing this to this level you know Mhm and I always think about that all the time. Yeah. What is another nonprofit organization that you would like to share about? Uh, Polly's Project. What is that? I don't know about it. His son, he has a, uh, his son is blind and autistic. And what he does is he services the homeless community in Skid Row. And he's been doing that for years. And one day he took his son out there. And um, I guess they they somehow somebody gave him his son a radio and then you know that's why he got attracted to music so him and his son went back out and they gave out radios to the homeless and that has been his signature is uh radio bringing music to the homeless you know because not just music but the news and everything else because they're out there you know without a watch they don't know what day it is at least they have a radio to keep them entertained i love that i'll have to check that out yeah and then what is your one message to send to the world? Just to be kind and, and respect each other. You know, it's a lot of disrespect going on right now. But, I mean, loving and caring and love will love will put the evil over everything. You just have to take time and step back and, and, and love. It's that simple. You know, it's, it's hard to, to explain. But, I mean, I've, I've just fell in love with, with loving people, you know. Thank you so much for listening to my conversation with Yuri Williams today. If you want to continue to follow along with all that he is doing with his nonprofit, you can find him on Instagram at a future superhero on Facebook at a future superhero and friends 
or over on his website at afuturesuperhero.com. And make sure to give the Illuminate podcast a follow. You can find us on Twitter at Illuminate underscore pod or on Instagram at the Illuminate podcast. And don't forget to leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcast app. This is the best way to help us grow the show and find new listeners. All right. I hope my conversation with Yuri today inspired you to go out and do something good or kind for those around you. We can always use a little bit more of that in this world. Thank you for listening today, and I hope you enjoy the rest of your week.